Today I want to talk to you about lighting and how it affects your paintings or artwork that you're creating. We're going to talk about a couple different artists and their techniques and what they did and how they became so famous and you will know at least one of the artists that I'm going to talk about. I'm Sherry Beeritz, your host, and this is An Artful Escape. I want to start out by talking about one of my favorite artists, and it's Claude Monet, Impressionist artist. He's a, he was a French Impressionist artist and fell into the Impressionism movement, and I discovered him in high school and was just enamored by his approach to painting and just how making these little tiny marks and layering them, uh, he could create such beautiful, beautiful scenes. And I just, yeah, it just blew my mind. And he was famous already when he started, uh, creating his water lily paintings and he did over a thousand paintings of the same exact scene and it's in his garden the uh, Giverny or Giverny I don't know how to pronounce it I should know and but he would sit out in his garden late in his life this is later in his life and he would paint the painting at a specific time every morning and he would capture the different colors of lighting that were affecting the landscape before him and he would he would paint that and transfer that image onto his painting and so that is where uh, just a whole eye-opening movement happened with the lighting and he, another one was a famous um, chapel, cathedral that he painted and uh, he showed the different times of day, different times of year, how the light changes. And you know, it kind of goes with that, the world is flat <laughs> theory. Uh, he really changed perspectives on how, uh, where the sun is in the sky, uh, and in the season that it's in, how it really does change color and it affects color. So good old Claude Monet. And sometimes I look at Impressionists. I mean, he's not my favorite anymore. I have so many favorites, but, um, you know, they, they ruin some of these artists work by overprinting the prints and selling them you know, in any kind of discount store on any kind of um, product. So that's, and it just, it's oversaturated with his work. Um, <clears throat> like Van Gogh's Starry Night, you know, you see that when you see Impressionists, you either see water lilies or you see, you know, Starry Night and they're beautiful paintings. And when I first moved to Kansas City, I went to the art museum and at the time they still charged a fee and I was in college. I didn't have a ton of money as most college students don't. And so it was a really big deal that I treated myself to go to this very 
very uh, high regarded art museum in the United States. And it's right here in Kansas City, the Nelson Atkins Art Museum. And it's just such a beautiful building on such a beautiful property. And so I just, I was really uh, moved by getting to go and see all of these incredible paintings that I studied in art school, in my art history class that I could only look at in a book. And now some of these images uh, and all the impressionist artists, they were, they're all there. And uh, Van Gogh has a painting in our museum here where he was uh, just very upset with the art critics and frustrated and as a um, kind of a slam to the to the art critics he painted this gorgeous painting and uh, he took his paintbrush and he put they look like pink tongues and he painted in the corner near his signature uh, very boldly like splotches of this tongue and it just looks like pink splotches and you know it doesn't belong but it was his way of he's sticking his tongue out at the art critics and that painting is here in Kansas City and it was pretty controversial when he did that because he got to the point where he's like I don't care what you people think so I thought it was fantastic. Such a rebel, right? So there's also another artist I want to talk about who is very influential in my younger years of growing up right next to Yellowstone Park at the West Entrance. And I spoke about it in my previous episode. So if you haven't listened, you can go take a listen and hear all about that. But Yellowstone Park is such a special place for me. It's so near and dear to my heart because it's my childhood home. And um, there is a very famous artist who we learned about in school because it was, you know, we were greatly affected by anything that had to do with Yellowstone. So we were taught all about Yellowstone all the way down to the artists that uh, were involved. And so Thomas Moran, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was an artistic master of the conservation movement. And he became famous for his images that he painted of the Rocky Mountains and of Yellowstone. Excuse me. He was invited Uh, He already had a successful career and worked for a magazine painting images and uh, Ferdinand, Ferdinand, I believe is his first name, Hayden, took note of his work and invited him on an expedition to the West. And so it was called the Hayden Geological Survey and this was in in 1871. I almost said 19, 1871. And it was sponsored by the United States Geological Survey. And the surveyors were uh, on an expedition to discover and report back to the US Congress and to the president, anything that they found. So the surveyors were documenting and recording 
all of their findings and they were writing back to, you know, to just tell everything that they were discovering. And Thomas Moran chose to use his brushes and canvases to illustrate how spectacular these places were. And Moran filled a diary and wrote about each, each site that they visited, including his most famous painting, which I know you would recognize it if you don't think you're familiar with it. If you've ever seen a painting of Yellowstone, it's probably this painting. It's called the Grand Canyon of the Yellowstone. And it does say the Yellowstone, that is in the title. But you can see it in the Smithsonian Museum of American Art. That is where it resides in its home. And Moran's sketches and illustrations were monumental in, in the influence of the final decision or even the initial decision to preserve Yellowstone for future generations. The U.S. Congress and President Ulysses S. Grant were blown away by these images he sent back and <clears throat> he went on a second expedition as well in like 1874 and continued to document and show like he painted the geysers and people just couldn't believe their eyes when they're seeing these images because there wasn't you know the color photography right so Moran's art shaped the definition of nature, inspiring the 19th century scenic preservation movements. I had to write that down because can you imagine being an artist that like you inspired an entire preservation movement? That's just amazing to me. And so he was a pretty big deal. Um, I, I believe if I'm remembering right, there's a mountain named after him and Hayden, there's Hayden Valley right near my hometown of West Yellowstone toward the West entrance. Um, there's so many things, everything in the park is named after someone and, um, it's just really special. These are really special artists to me and when I, I'll go back to that story of when I visited the Nelson Atkins here in Kansas City for the first time, and I got to see that Van Gogh with sticking the tongue, you know, out at the art critics. But then, so I'm looking at all these, and the paintings, you anticipate they're going to be quite large, but they're not. They're something you would hang in your living room. They're modest sizes. But then I turned a corner, and there was a painting of Monet's that I gasped. It was so large and it just, it stretched across an entire wall and would have been larger than my living room at the time. And I just couldn't believe it. And so, you know, they have the little benches that you can sit and ponder at the art and, you know, and just sit and think and, and just gaze and lose yourself in your thoughts, which I have to admit I've done many times. And I just sat staring at this water lilies painting. And I even went up, you know, you don't want to touch the art, of course, and there's lots of people walking around to make sure that you don't. But I got up so close to this painting and was just studying all the texture and layering of the marks 
And maybe that is part of why I love layering and layering and layering and layering the colors. Um, and, uh, but I was so close to the art there. I, I found stuck in the paint. There is a paintbrush bristle in the paint and it's still there. And I just could not believe it. And I've tried to find it again. Maybe they've, you know, cleaned up the painting and removed it, but it was stuck in the paint. Like I could see it in the paint. It was just the coolest thing ever. Uh, so now let's talk about lighting and these painters and what they did. So we know that Monet painted at different times of the day throughout his life. And he would paint at all different times of day, different times of year to capture the cooler and warmer and winter tones at 7.30 a.m. are different than summer tones at 7.30 a.m. And winter tones at 5.30 p.m. in the evening, the light is very different. And along with the winter light versus the summer light in the evening, very, very different. And the winter light is very cool tones, a lot of pinks and purples and blues and more pastel. And in the summer, the tones are very warm and rich and vibrant. And so I was just always taken aback by how he, with his eye, discovered this. And evidently, uh, toward the end of his life, he had to have his, he uh, had cataracts. And so it changed the way that he saw color, which he continued painting and his colors had more red in them. Uh, he saw things as more red. And so I guess that's very common for people with cataracts. And then he had surgery to correct it. And he went back over some of those paintings and added more blue, but I guess they were really red dominant. So I'm going to have to do some research on what those paintings were, but I thought that was really interesting. And Thomas Moran, when he was painting Yellowstone, he would do the same thing as Monet and they were alive at the same time. So I don't know if Thomas Moran was familiar with Claude Monet. I'm sure he was. And um, so he, he would also sit in Yellowstone over the Grand Canyon of Yellowstone and he would paint it at different times of day and capture the different lighting and how it brought out the yellow and the oranges and the rust colors of these cliffs. And it is so beautiful. And depending on the time of day that you visit Yellowstone, it looks completely different. And not completely, but the colors change throughout the day. And same goes with your own artwork. So I find that photographing my artwork inside, I don't have the special studio lighting, um, so I can't shoot them inside. Uh, so I choose to shoot my pictures outside and I do it in the purest light for me is in the morning. 
at 7.30. And you don't want the sun to get too high because then that affects the color as well. If I shoot the picture too early in the morning, the colors are much cooler, just like Monet's paintings. And if I shoot my painting in the evening, even though the sun has gone down and the light is different, the colors change, they get much warmer. And so the, my favorite time to shoot my pictures, my paintings, is on a cloudy overcast day. That's when you have the purest light that is not affecting the color. And also the early morning is ideal for my paintings. Now other people might prefer it to have more of a <clears throat> whatever sunset cast to it with the lighting but um, so those are just some tips and you should take uh, some some opportunities if you have some artwork and just play around with it take your art outside uh, I put a nail in the fence so that I could always go to the same spot and um, so I just go to the, my side yard. It's always shaded over there. Um, I'm not gonna have any houses reflecting. Our houses are pretty close together. So I won't get any reflection from the house next to me or from my own house. And uh, yeah, so I just hang it on the nail and take pictures of it. But play around with that and um, see how the light affects your painting. Or you can just take paint and you know, swoosh it across the paper and do different colors and take pictures of it outside uh, and see how the light affects those colors. Kind of a fun experiment. So good luck. Let me know. Reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I would love to hear or sherrybeeritz at gmail.com. I would love to hear your findings and hear what you thought of that. And um, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time.